Hello everyone and welcome back to For the Love of Astrophysics. I know it's been a while, but I'm finally back. And now starting with the amazing topic of quantum mechanics. Quantum mechanics is the part of physics which has perplexed scientists for ages, which seems to work in certain ways but really doesn't. So much so that people actually say that if you think you understand quantum physics, you really don't. Or what can make this topic so confusing? Quantum mechanics is essentially what? The theory which describes the nature and behavior of particles at a subatomic level. But the interesting thing is that this entire branch of physics is completely different from the usual classical mechanics, which is the physics we are familiar with and that makes sense. This means that the very act of zooming in way into the world of subatomic particles virtually changes physics altogether. The most famous example of this is what's referred to as the measurement problem. For this, just know that quantum particles are known to exist in a superposition of states. What that means is it sort of exists in multiple places at the same time. The weird part is when you actually measure the location of the particle, it becomes a singular measured value. We will understand this better in more episodes. But for now, just understand the brief that particles exist in multiple states at the same time when not measuring, but that changes as soon as you try and measure it for some reason. Quantum mechanics is a confusing topic that can only theoretically be imagined. But of course, like most theories, even quantum mechanics started with an experiment, the double slit experiment. This is a very interesting experiment, which displays a certain phenomenon exhibited by waves, interference. This was originally done by Thomas Young, who tested how exactly waves interact with one another. The experiment is very simple and can be done using any form of waves. But for the sake of visual imagery, let's use waves made by water. Let's say you have a board erected on a water surface. You now cut two slits in the board, each slit being a vertical one. So, something could go through the board through two locations. With me so far? Good. Now simply start making a continuous ripple on one side of the board by bobbing your hand up and down on the water, for example. What happens on this side of the board is fairly simple. It's just a simple water wave being emitted in all directions. What happens on the other side is the interesting thing. As the water can pass through to the other side of the board, two new waves are formed, one at each slit, since the wave has to be passed on, right? Now this is again normal, but when we see how these two behave with each other, that's when the magic starts. What you find is what's called an interference pattern, which is basically an alternating pattern of a wave and then emptiness. If you can't visualize how this looks, let's put this into the context of light. We all know that light exhibits wave-like properties, right? So light should behave as a wave here. How would we conduct this double-split experiment using light? Again, very simple. Shine a torch on a board with two slits. Here, since you can't actually see the individual waves of light, keep another board ahead of the double-slit board. 
Now, because there is light all around us, it's important to conduct this experiment in a dark area so that external light doesn't interfere with our setup. Now, what you will see on the second board will amaze you. An alternating pattern of light spots and darkness. So from left to right, it would be light spot, dark spot, light spot, dark spot, and so on. Why does this happen? Because of a phenomenon known as interference. Essentially, these two waves of light emerging from the two slits interact with each other since they spread out being waves themselves. This results in your interference pattern. You must be wondering just how all of this is related to quantum mechanics, right? Well, Thomas Young didn't just stop at light. The man repeated the same experiment, but with electrons instead. Now, before we go into this, let's try and predict an outcome theoretically. Based on the nature of things, we know that our result could go two ways. One, where the thing I'm shooting at the board is a wave, and the other, where it is a particle. Now, we know what happens when we shoot a wave, right? We get an interference pattern. What about when we shoot particles? Well, this is pretty simple. Just imagine a mound of sand sitting on top of a board, again with two slits and the boards above ground. The sand obviously falls through both of them to the ground. But what do we get on the ground? The particles don't spread themselves out and interact with each other like a wave would, right? So theoretically, we should get two concentrated mounds, which have collected under either slit. This is very simple, and with our assumption that electrons are indeed particles, this should hold true when we fire them at a double-slit board. So our expectation for this experiment is what? We should be getting two concentrated bands of electrons directly in the line of sight of the slits. But the results may surprise you. How does our experimental setup work? We again have our double-slit board erected on a table. Behind that, we have a screen which can detect exactly where and when an electron hits it. So for the sake of understanding, you can imagine a white dot that forms on the screen wherever an electron hits it. So we're standing in front of our double-slit board using an electron gun. Yes, something like that really does exist. It fires electrons at something as the name would suggest. Now, of course, there will be a small percentage of electrons which will hit the space in between our two slits and reflect back, but we ignore those. They're just not part of our experiment. For the electrons which actually do go through one of the two slits, they will hit the screen and we will know exactly where they did. This is how we get the result of our experiment. Now it's time to start. Are you ready? We fire a beam of electrons at the double slit board. We can slowly see the white dots forming on the screen. After some time, we take a look at the screen and what do we see? We will see an interference pattern. Yes, the electrons have somehow interacted with each other. The waves waves do and have formed a number of bands from left to right. So the white dots are scattered all across the screen, right? But there seems to be more number of them in these vertical lines which go from left to right just like our interference pattern. So 
So, okay, electrons for some reason behave as particles and waves just like light does. But what if we were to change our experiments slightly just to test this better? Now, we know for a fact that there is a set number of electrons that we're firing, right? Because the points on the screen were localized points. So what if this time we were to fire at the double slit board again, but one electron at a time slowly? As we do this, the points on the screen seem to come up randomly across. But as we go on, we notice that eventually we get our interference pattern again. So what's left for us to assume? Each individual electron is somehow contributing to its position to the overall interference pattern and somehow knows where the previous electrons were fired so that it can position itself accordingly to make the pattern because each electron is detected at a localized point on the screen. Unlike a normal wave, it hasn't spread itself out throughout the screen. Each electron forms at one single point. However, each individual electron is aware that there exists two slits and not one. How can something like this even behave? Is it that one electron goes through both somehow and somehow interacts with itself? Or is it something completely different we have no idea about? Well, we could try to some extent to try and figure this out as well. What if we installed a small detector at one of our slits, which will detect exactly when an electron has passed through that slit? Let's run the experiment again, shooting one electron at a time. When we do this, about 50% of the time, the detector will blink. So this means about 50% of the electrons we shot went through that slit. And we assume that the other 50% went through the other. This makes sense when we see that the result on the screen is that there are two distinct bands of white dots exactly where the slits were, which is what we'd expect from a particle. This is the measurement problem. The electrons were nicely behaving as waves this entire time. And when we measured them at the screen, they immediately gave a localized defined point, a particle. But when we measured it while firing itself, like we did with the detector at the slit. It behaved as a particle there itself, showing no interference pattern. So the very act of measuring the electron seems to determine whether it behaves as a wave or as a particle. Does this mean that once an electron is measured, it's forever going to behave as a particle? Or is there some time to it? If so, what is that time? What exactly is this wave that it behaves as? What is the frequency, the wavelength, the amplitude? How do those properties play a role in what we observe? These are the questions that arise when dealing with quantum physics, a lot of which we just don't have answers to. So there you have it, the double slit experiment and the measurement problem. Quantum physics is a very complicated and weird topic, so don't worry if you didn't quite understand or if a lot of questions are popping into your head. Hopefully in the next few episodes, you'll get at least a little bit more comfortable with the many concepts we will cover, including the Heisenberg uncertainty principle and even the Schrodinger's cat thought experiment. See you next time on For the Love of Astrophysics.